Hey everybody, I'm coming to you tonight with a message that's very special to my heart. I feel like it's a message that's extremely important for the time and the season that we're in right now, especially we, the church, those of us that are believers. There's a lot of questions right now, even amongst believers. Where is God in this whole situation? Well, God is exactly where he always has been. God the Father is in heaven, seated on the throne. At his right hand is the Lord Jesus Christ, your Savior, my Savior, the one who took upon himself all sickness and disease at the cross. And God is waiting for us, the believers, who have the Holy Spirit, the greater one living on the inside, to rise up. And, and to be courageous and to rise up in confidence and to rise up in the knowledge of the word of God and to push back and to, and to stem this tide of disease and sickness. But this is the point that I want you to get in your heart. I want it to be a, an immovable foundation that you never slip off of. This is the fact that we're covering tonight. God wants you well. That is his desire beyond the shadow of a doubt. He wants you well. Third John, verse 2 states this, and I want you to listen to this closely. This is God speaking through the Apostle John to the church. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. It is very obvious that God wants us well. Again, this is the Holy Spirit who inspired the Word of God, speaking through the Apostle John to the church. And, it, and it's completely, 100%, solid fact that God's desire in his heart is that for his children to be well. And the Holy Spirit, we know, never speaks contrary to the will of the Father. As your soul prospers, he said, you'll be in health and you should prosper. In other words, our prosperity, our health, our peace of mind, our provision is all based on us prospering in our souls. In other words, our soul is full sometimes, depending on what you're, what you're feeding it, is going to be, if, if we're, if we're co totally focused on the, on the headlines, totally focused on the things that are happening in the world, then our soul is going to lean towards doubt and unbelief. But if we will feed our soul, if we will feed ourselves on the word of God, standing firm on the promises of God, having a rock-solid foundation to know, God, my Father, wants me well. He said, I pray that you may prosper. One translation says, I pray above all things that you would prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. Do not let that promise slip out of your heart. Now, what does it mean to, for our soul to prosper? As we feed ourselves the word of God, as we feed ourselves in the faithfulness of God, as we remember the track record that God's established in our hearts of what he's done in the past in our lives, our soul begins to prosper. It begins to not only walk in blessing, but it also begins to infect others with blessing. How do we know what God's will is? Because his word reveals his will. It is very vital to us receiving our healing that we know that our faith can only go as far as the knowledge of God that we have in our hearts. In other words, if you, if you are feeding your faith and you're feeding yourself on the word of God, then your faith is going to grow stronger. Why? Because the Bible tells us in Romans that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word. Romans 10, 17. 
So it's important for us. Just just think of it this way. Maybe if we can bring it on a on a different different terms, and maybe it's easier to understand. None of us could receive salvation until we knew what the Bible said about salvation. None of us would have the faith to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior if we didn't know what the gospel teaches us. If we didn't know what the epistles teach us. If we didn't know what the will of God is about salvation, especially in Romans chapter ten, none of it would matter to us if we didn't know what God's will is. We wouldn't know to reach out and to take hold of salvation by faith, being justified strictly by faith. So let's see what the word of God says as it pertains to healing. This is what we're talking about tonight. This is something that's on everybody's mind right now. Every time someone sneezes, every time someone sniffles, every time someone gets a little bit of a scratchy sore throat, right away our minds start to they start racing. What if and what if and what if, what if? But the word of God eliminates the what ifs. It's important for us to know right now, not only for yourself, but you have family members who are worried. You have neighbors that are concerned. You have coworkers that are uneasy. And so this is an awesome time in our lives where we'll be able to take the word of God and to bring peace to people's lives that are right now in turmoil. So let's see what the word of God says. Let's go all the way back to Exodus chapter 15. They've just come out of Egypt. They've crossed through the Red Sea. They're on the other side now. And it says in Exodus 15, verse 20, 23, now when they came to Marah, <clears throat> they could not drink the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of the place was called Marah. And the people complained against Moses, saying, what shall we drink? So he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. And when it was cast into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he met a statuette and an ordinance for them. In other words, he revealed himself. It was a threshold moment for them. They are about to see God in a different light than they've seen before. And so there he made an ordinance, and there he tested them and said, if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight and give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you, which I brought on the Egyptians. And honestly, the real uh, translation really should say, it really has more of a flavor of, I will not permit the diseases to go on you that I permitted to go on the Egyptians. Okay, and so, so when, what, what happens here? So now, now God's saying here, here's my, here's my desire. If you'll follow me, if you'll keep your trust in me, if, you, if you'll be faithful, if you, will, if you will heed my word, he said, I will not allow any of those diseases to come on you. And then this is the revelation. He reveals himself in one of his divine names. For I am the Lord who heals you, Jehovah Rapha. The one who, and, and, and it's implied here, continuous. I am the one who heals you. King James says, I am the Lord who healeth thee. So we need to hold on to that. So God reveals himself through one of his divine names in this, in this pivotal moment where they've come out of the Red Sea. They've left the slavery of Egypt. But now they're starting to see sickness come into their bodies through this poison water, through this water it was not safe to drink. And so God reveals himself. I am the Lord who heals you. That's who he is. He's not only our savior, but he's also our healer. And I want you to hold on to that. He declared himself to be our healer. Then we come to Psalm 103, verse one. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits. You see, sometimes we forget some of his benefits. We're rock solid on salvation. We're rock solid on him being our savior. But sometimes we get like this with him being our healer. Now he said, don't forget any of his benefits. And look at the promise next. Who forgives all your iniquities, 
who heals all your diseases. When he forgives sin, he heals disease. When Jesus died to pay for our sins, he not only removed our sin, he removed the sickness, he removed sicknesses right to attack us. You see, sickness and disease came into the earth because of sin. Previous to sin coming into the earth, there was no sickness and disease. Adam and Eve didn't have to contend with a headache, with a toothache, with a bellyache, with none of these things. There was no concern about flu or virus or bacteria. They lived in peace. They lived in calm. They lived in confidence. But when sin came in, with sin came in spiritual death, physical death, sickness and disease. So sickness and disease would have no claim on us if it were not for sin. Jesus comes and deals with that sin. We receive forgiveness from sin. So, so, so really, theoretically, sickness has no right and no claim to our bodies because Jesus has forgiven our sin, having become sin for us, having taken upon himself all of our sickness, all of our disease, and that leads us right to the next scripture. Again, we're talking about what does the word of God say about healing? What is God's will as it pertains to healing? Is it his desire for mankind to suffer and die with these viruses and different diseases? Is it, is it, is it his will for us to live in fear and intimidation and anxiety and be afraid to come out of our house? That's not God's will. That's not God's will. These are all things that were brought into the world due to sin. Jesus came to redeem us from sin and all of its consequences. Isaiah 53, verse 4. Surely he has borne our griefs. Talking about Jesus now. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God. We, we thought God did this to him. That's what the scriptures are saying here. And then the next verse says it. It clears it up. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Our sin did this to him. He willingly took it upon himself, but it was our sin, our iniquity, our, our tendency towards sin is what did it for him. The chastisement or the punishment for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, by the wounds that he received on his back at the hands of the Romans, every one of, the, every one of those whip marks, every one of them were, were him paying for our sickness and for our disease. And says, and by his stripes, or we could say it this way, by his wounds, we are healed. We know this definitely pertains to Jesus because of Matthew chapter eight. We get into the gospels now and in Matthew chapter eight, in the first part of that chapter, it says that Jesus healed a leper. Then it says, the next part of the chapter says that he healed a centurion's servant. I'm sure you're probably familiar with these stories. Then finally it says and he healed Peter's mother-in-law. Okay, and then right after that, this is what it says. After all these series of healings of different individuals, next it says this, when evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with the word and healed all who were sick. Now look at verse 17. This is so important. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. So now we believe that Matthew, the gospel of Matthew, was written under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit himself is saying, when Jesus came to the earth and went about doing good, as it says in the scriptures, healing all, who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Matthew's saying, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that Jesus came and fulfilled Isaiah 53, even though Isaiah 53 was written anywhere from six to 700 years before Jesus comes to earth. So we know that that promise back in Isaiah was already fulfilled. Now it says, and by 
his stripes, we are healed, pointing to the future. In Isaiah's time, he's pointing to the future. Jesus comes on the scene now, and, and he is actually fulfilling this. And so now in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, Peter now has seen this with his own eyes. He's seen Jesus fulfill Isaiah 53. He saw the lepers cleanse. He saw the blind eyes open. He saw diseases leave people. He saw the mute speak, the lame dance. He saw all these things, and he comes to the conclusion and writes in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, talking about the cross, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Past tense. You need to take hold of your healing. It's already taken place. When Jesus died on the cross, he already took your, he already took your disease, he already took your healing. How do we, how do, we do? Now we take hold of it. We, we walk in it as if it's a done deal. So let's talk about this. Uh, let's talk about this. The next few minutes that we have left here, let's talk about it. how does a person receive their healing? Well, the number one way we see most of the time, and we see it even in scriptures, that, that people seem to receive their healing more by the laying on of hands. What does that mean? Well, we, we're commanded to place our hands on individuals and to, and to pray for that sickness to go, for that disease to be healed. We see it in Jesus's ministry, okay? We also see it as part of the command that he gave to the church, now, the laying out of hands was used all throughout the Old Testament, many times to convey blessing from one generation to the next generation, many times to, to commission an individual to go and do a specific thing for the kingdom of God. There's an impartation of spirit to spirit that takes place through the laying out of the hands, but we also see it predominantly being used for healing. Mark chapter 16, some of the last words that Jesus spoke before he ascended into heaven, and he said to them, this is verse 15, Mark 16, 15. And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow them who believe. Those who believe. In my name, this is Jesus speaking. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. If they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Jesus said the church, not the pastors, just the pastors, not just the healing evangelists, not just the prophets, not just the apostles, the people of God will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. That's, that's something that we're going to be accountable for. When we get to heaven, Jesus is going to say, what did you do with the last thing I told you? Okay. So, are there sick people in your household? You, you don't need me to come there. You don't need one of our staff members to come there. You have hands. You have this promise. You go ahead and lay hands on the sick. Okay, if somebody who's exhibiting, uh, you know, uh, symptoms, just get in there real quick and just lay hands on them. Lay hands on them. Okay, I, I don't know that God would be, would be grieved if you wore a glove, if you felt more uh, secure doing that. But whatever it is, it's just a commandment. It's being obedient to the command. Lay hands on the sick, pray, command the disease to go in the name of Jesus. The second way we see people receive healing, and these are not necessarily in the order of priority, is through the anointing of oil. In James chapter 5, it says, Is there any, 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 any among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray for him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up, and if he has committed sins, they will be forgiven. So here we see a combination of two things. 
anointing with oil, and the prayer of faith. Now, there's nothing magical about the oil. The oil is just symbolic of, of the presence of the Holy Spirit. It's the prayer of faith. It's a prayer, one translation says, a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and will save that person if they've committed any sins. So we're talking about restoration of the soul. We're talking about restoration of the body. When we release faith, grace is released. We, remember, we're saved by grace through faith. Faith is the vehicle that brings the manifestation of God's grace. When we pray in faith, that is what brings a manifestation of healing into a person's life. Now, a person can pray for themselves and pray the prayer of faith. And, and just have a rock-solid faith in the promises of God. Say, Father, your word says that uh, by the stripes on Jesus' back that I'm healed. Your word says in Psalm 103 that you not only forgive my sins, but you heal all my diseases. You already revealed to us in Exodus chapter 15, Father, that you are the God who heals us, Jehovah Rapha. So based on those promises, Father, in the name of Jesus, I receive my healing. It's mine. I take it. I'm walking in it. And then... Just you just trust God for the manifestation to come. Sometimes it's instantaneous. Sometimes it might take a little bit of time. But the fact of the matter is, you've made your claim already. You've stated your claim on those promises. Number four is is a method of receiving healing that plays a very important part right now in the season that we're in. One way that we see in particular that's particularly effective when a sick person can't get to church or can't get to a prayer meeting or can't get to a healing service is through the cloths and handkerchiefs. Acts chapter 19 tells us that Paul, when he would preach, when he would minister to the people, the anointing of God would come upon him and that, that people would take those cloths. Let me read you the scripture. Now, God worked unusual miracles. We understand this is an unusual thing, but we have seen God work miracles through this, this medium. We have seen God work through miracles through this principle that's revealed in the word. Now, God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick and the diseases left them and the evil spirits went out of them. It is the anointing that resides on a cloth. Nothing magical is going to happen to these cloths when we pray for them. What's going to happen is that these cloths now become a medium for a person. Let's put it this way, a point of contact. And we trust God that what he did through Paul's life, through these handkerchiefs and cloths, that God will do the same in your life, in my life, and through my life, and through your life. We've seen God do tremendous miracles through this principle of receiving healing. We, I remember one particular case that, that, that we found out about within the last year of a young lady who had uh, been in a coma. Very tragic series of events led to this very young lady, early 20s, in a coma, hopeless. Doctors gave up, said she'll never come out of this. Uh, if she comes out of this, she'll be a complete vegetable and be no purpose whatsoever to her life. And one of our church members came and asked for a prayer cloth. We got together. We prayed over this thing. According to Acts chapter 19, she took that cloth, brought it to the hospital, put it on this young lady, and within a day, she started to come out of this coma. And then within a few days, she began to speak and was, had clarity of mind. And within a few days after that, she was actually putting her legs over on the side of the bed. And, and, and event, now today, that young lady is completely whole, completely healed. How? Because we acted on a promise from God. God is no respecter of persons. What he's done in Paul's life, he'll do through our lives. It's about us standing in faith and trusting God. Again, there is nothing superstitious or nothing magical that's going to happen with these cloths. 
I know many of us come from superstitious backgrounds. I don't want you to think that that's attached to this. No, we are, if we did not have this promise here in the word of God, we could do nothing. These clothes would be absolutely meaningless. But what we do is in a few minutes, we're going to pray over these. And we're going to make these available. And I'm going to need you to listen very closely to the instructions that I'm going to give you. Okay? I want you to remember these cloths are just material. But I want to bring you back to another story in the life of Jesus, another incident that took place in his ministry. The Bible tells us in Mark chapter 5, there was a woman who had an extreme case of hemorrhaging. And the Bible tells us that she hemorrhaged continuously from her body for 12 years, 12 long years of constantly being weak and and debilitated and discouraged. And then one day, the Bible says she heard about Jesus. She obviously heard about the miracles that he was doing. She obviously heard this could be the Messiah. She obviously heard about people instantaneously receiving their healing. And she began to say, if I could just touch the hem of his garment. Now, was there anything magical about the hem of his garment? Absolutely not. It was probably cloth, cotton, just like one of these cloths here. But she said, if I could just take hold of it. And when she did, when she got in that crowd and she crawled through there and she got on her hands and knees to reach that hem of his garment, it says that when she touched that cloth, that garment, power went out from the Lord Jesus Christ into that woman's body and she was instantaneously healed. Now here we have a combination of the prayer of faith. She spoke, she said, this is what I believe. If I could just get close to him, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, she said, I'll know I'll be made whole. So, so, so her faith was that when I get a hold of this thing, she needed a point of contact. This is all this is, is a point of contact. And so we're going to pray over these. And here's the instruction. We only have a limited amount at this point. This is Thursday night. Tomorrow, Friday, March the 20th, we will be here in our church lobby. We will have these cloths from 11 o'clock, from 11 a.m. till 2 p.m. in the afternoon. If you want one of these cloths, send one person from your family. We will be in the lobby. We'll have these there. All they have to do is knock on the door. We'll open up the door, hand them one of these cloths. They'll take that home. They'll bring it back to whoever the sick person is that needs this. Again, please, please, let's do this in decency and order. If you, can, if you can message me on Facebook and let me know that you're coming from one of these, then we'll make sure, uh, as much as it's humanly possible, that we have one of these for you. Uh, if we need to pray over more of them, we'll do the best. But it's going to be limited to tomorrow from 11 till 2 p.m. Now, we are under restrictions here that we can only have, we have to have less than 50 people, and we're suggested to have really around 10 people here. So please... Uh, you come to the church, park in front of the church, uh, be very decent in order, be in order, have respect for one another, okay? Come here, knock on the door, someone will come to the door, hand you one of these prayer cloths, and you take it home, take it back to wherever you need it to be, and, and we'll see God work some miracles here. Amen? Let's, uh, let's pray. I want you to join me where you are in your homes. Um, I'm going to lay hands on these cloths. I believe, God, that as I've been preaching here, that the, the anointing to preach that's been on my life during this time is going to be, is going to be now transferred. Uh, we're trusting God to use these as a point of contact. Now, now, please don't come and get one of these with the attitude, well, let's just see if it works. 
Don't, it won't, okay? You, you take this by faith and you go and apply it by faith. And we, and we thank God by faith for these things. Amen? Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray, God, that everything that we've done tonight would, has glorified you and magnified the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, the power is in the name of Jesus. And Lord, you delegated that power to us. You gave us a uh, power of attorney to act on behalf uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ that we would be able to lay hands on these cloths and, and see them used as a point of contact. That what you did in Acts chapter 19 as it's recorded for us there through the Apostle Paul that you will do now through the individuals that will come and take these cloths. Father, we pray for release of healing anointing upon these cloths. Father, we pray for a manifestation of, of healing power to be manifested, to literally go into the bodies of those people that these cloths touch. To bring, to bring healing, to bring a cure, to bring a manifestation of the grace of God. And so disease, we command you to leave these bodies. If there's any spirits of infirmity, we bind you and we command you to loose these individuals. Viruses, bacteria, any disease, any sickness, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we break your power and break your hold over these people. Father, we thank you that we have your promise, God, that by the stripes on Jesus' back that we already are healed. He's purchased that at the cross. And we use this method right now to reinforce that transference of the power of the cross, healing in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father God, that we'll hear great reports and great miracles. And you'll use it, Father, to encourage your people. And you'll use it, Father, for the furtherance of the gospel. And we thank you, Lord God, that those that maybe have previously not believed, that when they see the manifestation of your goodness and of your grace, Father God, hearts will be changed. Hearts will be softened. Hardness of heart, go in the name of Jesus. Bitterness, go in the name of Jesus. Unforgiveness, go in the name of Jesus. Every bondage, every addiction, broken in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, for your goodness. We thank you, Father, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. There's no change. There's no change. There's no change. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your goodness, your faithfulness, Father. Yeah. Even your word says that you sent forth your word and healed them all and delivered them from destruction. And Father, we send forth the word of healing through these cloths. The word of healing, Father, to be manifested. Doesn't matter when, doesn't matter where, there's no distance and no time in the spirit, Father. We bless you, God. We bless you, Father. We thank you. We rejoice ahead of time in the manifestation of miraculous power in the lives of people. Thank you, Lord God. We pray all these things and we trust you for the manifestation. We trust you for the fullness, Father God, of healing. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. I pray that this time has been a blessing to you. Remember the instructions. Tomorrow morning, between 11 a.m. and 2 p.m. in the afternoon, we will have cloths available here in the church lobby. Please, please respect each other. Please, please act in love towards each other. Amen. And we'll do this thing and we'll see God be glorified in this. God bless you. Uh, don't forget to stay connected to us. Don't forget we have Sunday morning service at 10 o'clock. 
on Facebook. Make sure that you hook up with us. It'll be worship and the message, a very powerful message I believe is going to bless you. Stay connected to us. Thank you. I, want to do, I do want to say thank you to all of the, those of you that I've been giving online. You've been bringing your tithes, bringing your offerings online. And thank you so much for taking that pressure off of us because the ministry has to continue. People need to hear the gospel. Amen. And so we're so grateful for your generosity. If you, if you haven't been giving yet and you want to, you can go on to our website and go to the giving page and you can do all your giving there online. And uh, I just bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And let's stay together in this thing. We're going to see this pass. We're going to come together and have a great celebration. We're going to spend time hugging each other and uh, we're going to see Jesus glorified. Amen. God bless you.